Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning at home or wherever you are watching this service. So good to have you with us. It just feels like just the good old days. I don't know if they were the good old days, but anyway, it's just great to be able to come into your homes or wherever you are watching this service. Uh, just uh, stay tuned this week on social media and also I'll be sending out a letter to the church probably Tuesday, Wednesday uh, to give you an update and to see uh, what the government is saying and what we, uh, what we can do as a church. But hopefully uh, we're certainly looking at in one way or another getting back to church uh, next Sunday morning. So please uh, stay tuned on social media and also uh, email uh, for a letter from us. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, reading from verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and reading from verse 1. The Bible says this. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are the mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning in Jesus' name. Just thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is powerful. Um, and we thank you that your word is anointed. And that every time we dive into your word, Lord God, you speak by the Holy Spirit. I pray that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation in our hearts and lives. So, Lord, our minds are not going to be filled with just more information. But there would be the revelation of your word. Because we know that it's the revelation that brings transformation in our hearts and lives so come Holy Spirit just come help us to see what we cannot see with our eyes help us to understand what we cannot understand with our hearts I pray and above all else help us to be obedient to your promptings today I pray and I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus name amen and amen so we're in a two-part series uh, entitled Filled uh, with uh, the Holy Spirit. This is part two of that, uh, of that series. And uh, Jesus was on the side of the mountain speaking to a group of people. I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. And, and he's speaking what is commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, he speaks on a range of practical topics. But one of the topics he does speak on is the topic of prayer. Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and, and the door shall be opened for you. Such a powerful truth uh, that the God that we serve invites us to present our needs before him. That the God that we serve invites us to come to him. The creator of the heavens and the earth asks us, he says, he says ask and seek and knock. Because he's the God that is interested in the intimate details 
of our lives. And no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what you're experiencing in your heart and in your life, I want to encourage you to present whatever needs you have before the Lord because God invites us to do that. And then he goes on to say, you know, if a, if a son asks for some bread, would, would, would someone, would the father give them a, a snake and so on and so on, gives three different examples of this. And then he drives home a point and he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your father, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What I believe that Jesus is saying here is the one thing that we need more than anything else, the one thing that is going to make the greatest difference in our life, the one thing that is going to bring the greatest change in our lives is in fact the Holy Spirit. So often we think, man, if I just had more of this or if, I, if this issue would be resolved in my life or this other thing or, or whatever it is that we're going through, we think if this if one thing would change in my life, then, then everything would be different. What Jesus is saying right here in this text is saying the one thing that we need above everything else is the Holy Spirit. But in order to receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying, we need to ask. We need to seek. And we need to, we need to knock. Because if we do, we will uh, have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at three baptisms we should all seek. Um, we talked about the baptism into the body of Christ, which is, which is salvation, which the Bible speaks about. We talked about baptism in water. And then we also talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as we look through the scriptures, what we find is that generally, when people were baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, there was a tangible evidence. There was a tangible sign. And generally, they began to speak or pray in a heavenly language, in a spiritual language. Peter presents the first message at Pentecost, and it's recorded in Acts chapter 2. We kind of sung about it here this morning in the first uh, song that we sang today. And, and, and the Holy Spirit comes there in, in, at Pentecost. Uh, it's recorded in the Acts chapter 2, and people are wondering, well, what is going on? And, and then Peter gets up and he begins to preach uh, the first message that's ever been preached in, in that sense, post uh, the church being established. And, and he says, repent then and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God We'll call powerful promise, powerful scripture. What happened there at Pentecost wasn't just a one-off event. It's something that can happen in all of our lives as we draw nearer to God. The, the big question for us and what I want to look at this morning is, is why? Why should we seek after the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Why, why, why should we seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why is this something really important in our lives, listening to a message by David Hall recently, and he says, he said this, he said, it's important to understand that tongues is not the goal, but it's a doorway into the blessing of God, the grace of God. It's a doorway into a deeper walk with God. It's not a, it's not a goal in and of itself. It's just a doorway. In fact, Paul says to the Ephesian church, be filled with the spirit, but it's not just a one-off event. It's keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you go to Bunnings and you buy a hammer, you can, you can say, well, I've got a hammer. You can tell people that you've got a hammer. 
You, you, you can say, I'm not like those that don't have a hammer. I'm, I'm one of those people that's actually got a hammer. But at some point, you're going to need to understand what the hammer is used for. And more than that, you need to use the hammer in some kind of way. The hammer has a purpose. The purpose of the hammer is not so you just got one in your toolbox. So it kind of sits in your toolbox so you can tell people you've got a hammer. So you can tick a box that says you've got a hammer. So that you can say, well, I'm better than those that don't have a hammer. No, the hammer has a purpose. And we need to understand the purpose of that. And more than that, we need to understand the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, to look at this whole topic and answer this particular question, I want to look at a couple of scriptures that come out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 as we read in our text. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 is a great chapter of the Bible. It's either a theologian's paradise or a theologian's nightmare because um, it's got some interesting things in there. There's some things that we clearly understand, some things we're not so sure about and, you know, uh, different commentators have different perspectives about this particular chapter. But to really understand what 1 Corinthians 14 actually says and what it means, you need to understand the distinction between tongues for corporate edification and then tongues for personal edification. So in fact, there are three ways in which tongues are used in the New Testament. First, it's the in the context of a corporate gathering where all spoke in tongues as an act of worship. And in fact, it's what happened the first time the Holy Spirit fell right there in, in the book of Acts. Uh, as, as first time that the Holy Spirit fell, they were all beginning to worship God in heavenly language as the Spirit enabled them to do that. They were doing that all together. Secondly, the gift of tongues is used for corporate edification. 1 Corinthians 12 outlines the various gifts that God has given the church. There's the gift of faith and there's the gift of healing. And then it, within, within that list, there's also the gift of tongues and interpretation. And these are for the common good, Is that for the good of the, of the gathering. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul addresses the misuse of the 1 Corinthians 12 gift within the context of the corporate gathering. It was a mess. Um, uh, the First Corinthian church had been filled with the Holy Spirit, but the way that they were using this particular gift within the context of the church was, was, was not in the appropriate way or not in the right way. So Paul writes to the church and he's, and he's providing some guidelines about how this ought to be used within the context of the corporate gathering, within the context of the church. And and so in the midst of that, though, he also speaks about another aspect of, of, of tongues, and that is for personal edification. Uh, he makes the distinction throughout the chapter about, about how tongues is used in the corporate context when the church is gathered together. But then he also speaks about how tongues is used within the, within the private context, um, how the individual is able to use uh, um, uh, the, the heavenly prayer language and, 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 what, and what it means to them as individuals. So what I want to do is give you three reasons why we should seek after the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, three reasons that actually come out of this one chapter, 1 Corinthians 14. Now, the first of the reasons why we should pray in the Spirit is to help us in our prayer. So that's your first point. Uh, the reason why we should 
seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The reason why we should pray in the Spirit is to help us in our prayer. 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 14, sorry, chapter 14, verse 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are the mysteries by the Spirit of God. Let me read that scripture again because it's a great scripture. It's a powerful scripture that we need to understand. Um, for anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are the mysteries by the Spirit. Now notice Paul says that when we pray in the Spirit, we're not speaking to people. It's not for people's benefit. We're speaking to God. Tongues is not for, for, for the edification of the church. It's for our benefit. Now, this is not speaking about a 1 Corinthians 12 gift because when there's interpretation with tongues, then obviously it's for the corporate gathering. Now, if we would just get a revelation of this particular verse in our hearts and lives, I, I, I believe it would, it would change something inside of us. I don't know about you, but there are many times in my life where I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. There are times when I'm, when I'm going through a situation when I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what I should pray for. What I, what I think I need and what I actually need often can be two completely different things. You can say amen right where you are right now. Um, those of you that are here, the three of you, five of you, no, 15 of you that are here, you can say an amen too. Amen. Yep, beautiful. <laughs> um, often what we think we need and what we actually need can, can be two completely different things. And so we don't know how to pray. But God, knowing our struggle with prayer, and I love this, he gives us a gift, a strategy, a tool to help us in our prayer. Um, disciples asked Jesus for a couple of things. One of the things they, they, they wanted to know from Jesus, they said to Jesus, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? They understood that there was a, a strong connection between Jesus' prayer life and his ministry life. And they say, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? Because we want to be more effective in our prayer life. Now, here's the thought. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and prays through us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and prays through us and helps us in our prayer by bypassing our mind, our intellect, our understanding, praying through us according to, to the will of God. Over the, over the years, I've understood that what I want and what I actually need is two complete, can be two completely different things. I've understood that so often that the, the things that I actually want are, are not what I actually need. And so the, the Holy Spirit bypasses all of that and prays through us. Indeed, they are the mysteries by the Spirit. The word mysteries there is the word mysterion, which means hidden things or secret things, uh, things that are deep in our heart that we don't even know. Paul says this to the Romans. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness because we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts 
knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, often in my devotions, as I'm spending some time in prayer, I, I will spend quite a bit of time just, just praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Why? Uh, because as, as I get older, because um, the more I walk with God, the less I trust my understanding. I know that I'm limited. I don't know the future. Only God does. So, so, I, so I choose to lean more on the Holy Spirit than lean on my own understanding. And here's the deal. This is so important. God knows that we are limited, fragile not even very smart. Now, you guys might be smart, but I'm not, I'm not the smartest, not the sharpest pencil in the pencil case. So God has a plan. He says, I'm going to give you a gift. And the Holy Spirit is going to come in you and upon you. And the Holy Spirit is going to pray through you. God knows that, or God knew that our prayer life would be limited. He knows that our understanding would be limited. So he has this plan. He says, listen, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the Holy Spirit is going to pray through you. Holy Spirit, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the self-existent one, the God that is above all, the God that was there from the beginning will be right there at the end. He's going to pray through you. And, I, and, and if, 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 we, if we don't say, if I don't say another thing, this is so worth seeking after. This is so worth having in our own spiritual toolbox. It's worth using on a day-to-day -day basis. The ability to be able to pray in the Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, to be able to pray through us according to the will of God. I think it's a powerful Powerful tool to have in our spiritual toolbox. So let, me, let, me, let me give you some examples of, of how this might work in real life. So imagine you have an argument with your wife or with your spouse, your husband. Doesn't happen for us very often at all, with me anyway. My wife's grinning right now. Um, but, you know, you, you imagine there's an argument between husband and wife and, you know, and, and he's going right. He's going, well, she won't change and... You know, she's wrong and she needs to say sorry and, and you know, it's her fault. And um, so you talk about it and you try to work through it because, you know, we did some pre-marriage counselling with Pastor Joe and told us we have to talk about it. And, and, you, and you try and talk about it and you try to find a resolution, but, but this, there's still no resolution. So what do you do? So what do you do after you've done the best you can? Well, if you're spiritual, one of the things you're going to do is you're going to start to pray. And so you decide, you know, God, I, I need some help here right now. So you begin to pray. So, so you find a place and, and you begin to cry out to God. And you say, God, you know exactly what's going on right here, right now. You're, play, you're praying with your mind and with your understanding. And you're praying and you're saying, God, you know that she's the problem. And you're saying, you know, God, that she needs to change. So you've got to change her, right? And so you're beginning to tell God exactly what he needs to do. But then you think, you know what, I'm going to begin to pray in the Spirit. Why don't I just spend some time beginning to pray in the, Holy, in the Spirit? I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me. So I begin to pray in the Spirit. As I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit starts praying things through me, bypassing my brain, right? And, and the Holy Spirit starts to say, forgive me for being proud. So the Holy Spirit says about me, you know, he's helping me to pray. And 
saying, forgive me for being proud and stubborn. And, and as I begin to pray in the Spirit, as I begin to pray in the Spirit, I, I begin to pray, you know, Holy Spirit, change me. Something begins to shift inside of my heart because suddenly I'm not praying outside of the will of God anymore. Suddenly I'm praying in the will of God. I'm praying truth. And as I begin to pray that truth, something shifts inside of my heart. And suddenly the problem is no longer the problem that it was before. Holy Spirit will help us in our pray, help us pray. And the Holy Spirit starts to sort us out because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what's happening, what's happening in our hearts. If there's a conflict at work, begin to pray in the Spirit. As you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, you, you see the conflict from one way. But as you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, you'll see the conflict from a completely different way. You'll start to see the conflict from God's perspective. If there's challenges in your life and you don't know how to pray, begin to pray in the Spirit. Um, if you need to make an important decision, I don't know what to do you know, in this particular situation, begin to pray in the Spirit. So often in my life, sometimes you know, I've got kind of a, a, a bit of a plan that I go through when I pray and so on. But sometimes I'm going through situations, I've got no idea what to pray for. I've got no idea what to say. I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what should be or shouldn't be. It's in those times I just say, God, I'm just going to begin to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to allow you to pray through me. Help me in my prayer time. And the Holy Spirit does. Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not meant to be something that we have in our toolbox so we can say, well, well you know what, I've got a hammer. So we could tell people, like, well, I've got a hammer. I'm better than those that don't actually have a hammer. It's not the purpose of the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is so that our prayer life can go to a new level, so that our prayer life can go to a deeper level, so we can get closer to God and experience everything that God has for us. Now, if we, if we would understand this principle, if we, if we would get this, this, this concept, it, would, it has the capacity to change our lives. It has the capa capacity to transform us. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God, the Holy Spirit. Helping us in our prayer life. And the Holy Spirit is praying according to the will of God. I don't know about you, but I want that. And once we get a revelation of that, and we, and we, begin, and we begin to pray like that, something shifts, something changes in our hearts and in our lives. Second of the reasons why we should pray in the Spirit is so that we can be strengthened. Paul says, verse 4, anyone who speaks in a tongue, edifies themselves. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, says the New Living Translation. Uh, another translation, the one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. Now what Paul is saying is that there are times in our walk with God when we are feeling weak, feeling down, vulnerable, and even fragile. And Paul says that one of the ways we strengthen ourselves, one of the ways that we build ourselves up, you know, we can be physically strong, but emotionally weak. We can be physically fine, but, but spiritually, uh, there's a sense of weakness in our lives. Paul says that one of the ways we can strengthen ourselves is by praying in the spirit. Jude says, but you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit. It's a great story about 
David who was hiding uh, in the, with the Philistines and um, he was hiding from King Saul. He was on the run from him and there was a season in his life where he'd actually joined the enemy and was kind of hiding in Ziklag with, uh, with them. Long story short, the Philistines were going to go and fight the Israelites and because the Philistines had been so good to David and David had this little army around him. He says to them, hey, listen, we're going to come and fight with you. David was going to help the Philistines. Well, they go out ready to go to battle and the leaders of the Philistines thought, you know, there's no way David is going to come with us because when we're in the thick of the battle, he may, he may just turn and start fighting against us. So the Philistines sent David and his whole army back to their homes. Well, when they got back to camp, the Amalekites had come through and they'd taken their wives and their children and burnt their homes. And the men closest to David started to weep and get angry. And, uh, and what did they do? They took it out against David and they spoke about killing him. So how did David deal with this? So what, what, what did David do to, to deal with this situation? Well, the Bible says this, powerful scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Listen to what it says. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David, says another translation, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. One of the reasons why the church exists is to encourage one another. That in difficult times, we should be there for one another, pray for each other, pick each other up. It's, it's powerful and important. It's why we encourage people to belong to a life group because, hey, there are times in our life where we're going to be going through a tough time and we need encouragement. And, and the, the church, the body of Christ is there to encourage each other. But there are times in our life where we find no encouragement from anyone around us. There are times when we will be going through a difficult time and, and there's no one to encourage us. The people we thought would be there for us are not there. The people that we've helped and encouraged um, in the good times are nowhere to be seen. Here was David. David had actually taken these guys from zero, from nothing and, and had raised them up to be mighty warriors. And then in a difficult time, the first thing they do is they turn on David. What do you do in those times? It's in those times what we need to do is find encouragement from the Lord. And David strengthened himself in the Lord his God when he couldn't find strength or encouragement from what was happening around him, from the people around him. The Bible says he turned to God and he found encouragement from God. The question is, well, how do we do that? Well, there's a number of ways that we can do that. We can pray and we can worship. We can read the word. And Paul gives us a key in this text. He says one of the ways we build ourselves up is by praying in the spirit, by praying in tongues. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. They build themselves up. They build the inner man, the inner person up in their most holy faith. So what does that look like? Well, you know, we're down and we're broken. So we find a quiet place. We begin to pray in English, but then... We begin to pray in the spirit. I, I remember um, a few years ago, we had Dr. Barry Chant who challenged us, us to pray for 10 minutes a day in tongues for, for 21 days and, 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 and watch what happens in your life. And, and you know, uh, it's just a powerful exercise and a powerful discipline to have. Some of you may feel like you're weak and broken. I want to encourage you to develop the habit of praying in the spirit and, and watch how your life actually begins to change. Baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't meant to be something we have 
in our toolbox so we can tell people about what we have. So we can tick a little a box that says, yes, I have this. It's not the purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Infilling of the Holy Spirit is so that we can build ourselves up. Third reason why we should pray in the Spirit is so we can prophesy. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. We just read that. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. Verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. There's the desire that Paul has. He wants everyone to speak in tongues. But I would rather have you prophesy. Verse 18, go down to that. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Verse 19, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than than 10,000 words in a tongue. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, let's demystify prophecy. Prophecy is simply speaking on behalf of God. Prophecy is is simply speaking on behalf of God. Sometimes we think prophecy has to begin with very, very, verily, verily, I say unto thee. Sometimes we think prophecy has got to be said in the King James, you know, because then it's real, then it's authentic. Sometimes we think prophecy is about foretelling something into the future. Oh, I see something happening, you know, somewhere down the track. It can be those things, but, but in its basic form, it's speaking truth on behalf of God. And you can be speaking to someone. You can be having a coffee with someone. And as you're speaking to them, you can be speaking truth. You can be prophesying in the name of Jesus. Paul is saying, speaking on behalf of God is powerful and something we should all aim for. The question is, well, how do you do that? How do you do that? I remember hearing a sermon from Bob Mumford uh, from this particular text, and it was powerful. I think Bob Mumford is one of the, one of the great teachers of, of uh, you know, the last 50 years or so. And uh, in fact, many of his sermons are on YouTube Whatever you can hear from Bob Mumford, I I would encourage you uh, to listen to that. And I remember this sermon that he preached, and he preached out of this particular text. And he said, what Paul is saying here is, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you so that I can speak a word on behalf of God. I will speak 10,000 words in a tongue so that I can speak five powerful words from God. So, um, what, what he was saying in this particular text, from this particular text, was that praying in the Spirit is like a, a primer for speaking or hearing the word of the Lord. He used an example. I still remember this day. Remember an example of a hose on a hot day. Yeah, we just had a couple of really hot days and sometimes you're thirsty. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but you know, uh, you, you, you want a drink of water, some cool water. And uh, so you see the hose, you turn on the tap and you start to, you start to drink. But as you drink, the first, the first bit of water to come out is that hot, terrible water. Um, but as the water continues to come out, as the, as the water begins to flow, soon the fresh water begins to come. And so too with the Holy Spirit. As we begin to pray in the Spirit, it's as if we're emptied of ourselves. And soon the Holy Spirit begins to flow through us. And this is powerful. And as that happens, we're able to speak 
on, beha- on behalf of God. It happens to me quite, quite, it's quite interesting that something I've observed in my own life over, over many years, so often I'm about to face an important meeting or a, a particular situation which is a bit uncertain and I'm not sure. And, and, and suddenly I just find myself beginning to, to, to speak in tongues, begin to speak in a, in a heavenly language. And, 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 I, and I just kind of notice that that's actually happening. I, I can sense that the Holy Spirit is, is suddenly praying uh, through me and, and just sort of happening in my mind and, and in my heart. And I've learned that over the years that either God is going to speak to me or God is about to speak through me. It's as if the Holy Spirit is priming me or, or, or getting me ready to either speak to me or speak through me. So praying in the Spirit becomes a way of connecting with God, getting closer to God, preparing my heart so that we can speak on behalf of God. So that we can prophesy or speak the very words that God would speak and it's powerful. One more thought about prophecy just on the side note because this this chapter is packed with so much truth. How do you know if prophecy is of God? Well, Paul gives us the marks of a prophetic word and I love this because I've referred back to this again and again and again. Paul says this in verse 3, he says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. They're the marks of a prophetic word. Pastor Joe, how do I know if, if a word is a prophetic word? Well, do you feel strengthened, encouraged, or do you feel comforted? So often people, people want to give a, a prophetic word that they say is a prophetic word, but it's, a, it's just an opportunity to come against someone. They're not interested in strengthening, encouraging, or comfort. In my view, these are the, te- these are the marks, and if it doesn't do one of those things there, then, then it's not necessarily a prophetic word. Go, go back to the Old Testament and you'll see the prophets who at times even gave a, a difficult word or a hard word. But the spirit of the word was always for strengthening and encouraging. And it was always something coming from the heart of God. Hey, you're going left at the moment. But if you go right, you're going to experience the grace of God. The spirit of it and the heart of it was always for strengthening and encouraging and comfort. And if you're not feeling that way, it's not necessarily a word from God. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not meant to be something we have in our toolbox so we can say, I've got a hammer. So that we could tell people, you know, hey, I've got a hammer in my toolbox. So that we could say to people, well, I'm better than those that don't have a hammer, hey, because i got one. It's not the purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is there to help us pray. Man, if we would get a revelation of that, it will change our lives. It will change the way we live our lives. The Holy Spirit is there to help us pray, to strengthen us. Maybe you're feeling weak today. Why don't you you begin to seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, why don't you take some time out and just, just begin to pray in the Spirit? And it's there to help us to, He's there to help us to speak truth on behalf of God. It's powerful. We're getting close to Christmas. Um, one of the popular presents at Christmas time is the gift card, the famous gift card. It's, it's the cheat's way of giving a present when you don't know what to get, you don't have time, the people are complicated. 
get them a gift card. And then they can choose their own gift. By the way, my favourite present um, is a gift card at Dimmick's. That's my favourite, absolute favourite gift. Don't worry about the hardware store. Don't worry about... It's, it's, it's a, I can't walk into Dimmick's without walking out with a book or two. It's a bit of a problem. Uh, going to Books Anonymous at the moment. Again, trying to get work through that. But, um, it's my favourite gift. Anyway, a side note. Here's the thing with gift cards. In Australia, every year, there are over $100 million worth of gift cards that are never redeemed. That's right. Over $100 million worth of gift cards that are never, ever redeemed. In fact, you've probably got one in your purse or in your wallet right now. I mean, if you go and check, go home, you've probably got one of those unredeemed gift cards in your in your wallet or your purse. Someone gave it to you. I've got to use it. You forgot about it. It's now expired. Here's the deal. God has given us a gift card and it's called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's for you. It's available for you. And there's no expiry date on this one. This is for you and your children children's children and for those who are far off. But in order to experience this, you've got to redeem it. Jesus said this, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? It's available to you. It's there. You see, it's a gift that God has given you, but you just got to redeem it. Pastor Joe, I don't, I don't know if I understand everything there is to understand about this. I, I get what you're saying. I'm hearing you. I just don't, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure about it. Can I, can I just encourage you to just begin to go into the presence of God and just begin to say, Holy Spirit, I, I want to I know you in a greater and a deeper way. And maybe you're saying, Pastor Joe, I don't don't get all of it. Why don't you begin to pray? I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Whatever that looks like in Scripture, I want that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want that. I want all of that. I just just really love the way Paul finishes 1 Corinthians 14. Because I know that there's a whole bunch of different views on on how to interpret uh, this particular uh, chapter. And I know that some people may see it slightly differently. and And I get that. But I just love the way Paul finishes the chapter just in case there's any misunderstanding. He says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid the speaking in tongues. I was thinking about this yesterday as I was, I was just reflecting on the message, you know. Um, alongside every baptism, there's, there's, there's a battle. Uh, alongside the, the, the baptism of salvation, there's a battle. You know, people are going, well, should I give my life to Jesus or shouldn't I give my life to Jesus? Is this really just really God or is it not really God? And there's this battle in your mind. There's a battle that goes around the baptism of, in water. I can assure you of that. 
you know, uh, we've had many baptisms here at church. And, and often when we have a baptism or service during that week, someone will ring and they'll say, look, I'm just not sure whether I should be getting baptized, baptized or not. You know, I'm full of sin and blah, blah, blah. And there's all these, all these, this battle around baptism. And, and our answer to that all the time is, well, the reason why we get baptized in water is not because we're perfect. It's because we want to become more like Jesus and get closer to Jesus. And so too with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's a battle and there's a, there's a warfare that goes around this and so much confusion and so, so many thoughts. Pastor Joe, what, what happens if I begin to speak in, 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 in you know, sounds or something that I believe is the Holy What about if it's me and, 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 and you know, and, and I don't want, that would be terrible. And, and, all, and there's all these, these, this battle going on and so on and so on. The scripture there is really simple. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And if you ask for the Holy Spirit, He isn't going to give you something bad. It's going to give you something good. But in order to receive the Holy Spirit, we need to ask. We need to take a step of faith. And there are some of you here today, I, I, I want to encourage you. Uh, go back to that first sermon that I preached a couple of weeks ago and I talked about, you know, what are the steps to being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, we under, need to understand the Scriptures. But at some point, we need to pray. And then as we're praying in the Spirit, as we're seeking after God, the Holy Spirit may just give us a sound or a, or a phrase. And then we need to take a step of faith. And we need to step into the, into, into the water and just, and just, just begin to pray those sounds. And, and that's all we may get. It may just start with a simple phrase. But, but as, as, as we take that step of faith, we'll begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's my prayer for you. That's, that's my desire for you. That's, that's, that's my heart for preaching these sermons. It's, it's, it's not to create controversy. It's to, it's to be able to allow you to experience something that many of us experience every single day. And, that, and that's my prayer for you even today. Come on, why don't we stand? Some of us are standing. There's a few of us here. Come on, stand. We're going to pray. I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. Because I, I want to I pray and believe that God is going to do a work in your heart and life. And that what I preach today isn't just going to be information. It's going to be the revelation of the Word. Now, some of you may have questions. Listen, what, I'm more than happy. If you've got a question, why don't you send it to info at life-church.com.au. Um, if it's an easy question, I'll answer it. If it's a difficult one, I'll send it to Pastor Joseph. All right. So, but if you've got a question, come on. Why don't you Why don't you send it through? It's It's not a problem at all. And by God's grace, uh, you know we're going to believe that we're going to we're going to see people filled with the Holy Spirit because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And and God hasn't left you alone in your walk with God. He's He's given you someone to walk alongside with you. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to help you be everything that God has called you to be. Let me pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. I just thank you for your word today. And I just pray that this word is going to bless someone today. I pray that this word is going to be, uh, Lord, an inspiration, uh, 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 give them people a desire to seek after you more. 
And for those that are baptised with the Holy Spirit, that it's not just going to be something that's in their spiritual toolbox, but Lord, that they're going to begin to pray and pray in the Spirit and, and watch what happens in their hearts and lives. We love you so much. We bind every work of the enemy, every lie of the devil, every distraction. We come against it in Jesus' name. Let there be freedom in your people today. I pray and I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's sing together.